Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hello. Welcome to episode 13 of Coffee Talk at the Castle. Today, we are going to be talking about movies based on rides. So strictly, we're talking about rides that were first and then a movie adaptation happened. Now, I know there's a little bit of overlap here because there are some rides that changed based on the movie, but that was based on the ride. So we'll talk about that more in depth once we get deeper into the episode. But rides that we're going to be talking about today are going to be Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Country Bear Jamboree, Tower of Terror, uh, Mission to Mars, and there are two rides that didn't quite make the docket, and that's because I just couldn't find the true connection, in my opinion. Now, other lists, other sources say uh, Tomorrowland, the movie, is somewhat of a stretch tied to Tomorrowland over in, obviously, the parks. I just couldn't get there, so I'm not going to include it. And the other one is Dinosaur the Movie. And as we all know, there is Dinosaur over in Animal Kingdom, the ride, which has the same track as Indiana Jones. However, they did change it from a dinosaur-like ride to Dinosaur after the movie came out. So the movie isn't based on the ride. The ride just kind of changed based off the movie. So I know that's a little bit confusing and it's kind of technical jargon, but trust me, we'll get there. I'm going to dive into each of these cool things about the rides or the movies and sometimes some of their Easter eggs and yeah, just really excited to get down into that. But before we do, here's a few quick facts that happened this week with Disney News. So it's right at the end of July of 2021 and we just got news that Disney World and Disneyland are going back to the mask mandate indoors, which I know a lot of people are bummed out about, but I am so happy that at least it's indoor and not outdoor and indoor, or the fact that they're keeping the gates open. So be happy. Parks aren't closing again. We're happy we can still go there. So that's the big news. Of course, Jungle Cruise just came out with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. So people are very excited about that. And we have a lot of festivities coming up in the next few months to celebrate uh, Disney World and its 50th anniversary. So yeah, now that we got that news out of the way, let's go ahead and head on into our topic for this week. So let's start this off by talking about the amazing, the iconic Haunted Mansion. And right off the gate, I've got to talk to you about the breaking news that just came out about the new shooting of the remake that is going to be shot in Louisiana this fall with Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stainfield. Super excited to hear the news. Um, a lot of people were disappointed with Eddie Murphy's um, and the screenwriting over in the 2003 Haunted Mansion. I am not one of those people. I enjoy the original Haunted Mansion. So if you're not one of those people, then I guess the remake is great news for you. But I'm interested to see what they do with the remake as well. Um, I definitely like this movie a lot. It's a great family movie, perfect for Halloween time, which of course, like, even though it's July, uh, it's Halloween now. We're done with 4th of July. Get your pumpkins out. We're ready for it. So all the spooky movies, my almost five-year-old loves this movie. She loves all things spooky, and this is just up her alley. I love all the subtle and not-so-subtle nods to the original Haunted Mansion, but yeah, let's just kind of, like, dive into all these fun facts, because trust me, there are a lot. 
So the original ride opened in Disneyland in, of course, 1969. You have them in Walt Disney World, in Disneyland. You have one in Tokyo. You have one in Paris. And this is one of the only rides that is in all those four parks. And they're actually all in four different lands. Now, a little nod to behind the attraction, the show that just came out on Disney+. Plus. I'm really going to try not to do a lot of overlapping facts that are in that show, just in case you are following along. But there are just some facts that I do have to say, like the fact there are four different mansions in four different parks. New Orleans and Disneyland. You got Liberty Square over in Disney World, Fantasyland in Tokyo, and Frontierland in Paris. And I will do a little warning for those if you are planning to go to Paris anytime soon or anytime in the future and you have younger kids, or if you just scare easily, the Paris Haunted Mansion is a haunted mansion. It is not your typical Disneyland, Disney World haunted mansion with the fun, you know, lightheartedness, scariness in it. It is definitely more on the scary side. So maybe do a point of view on YouTube before you go there um, just to kind of give you that heads up. It is definitely more of a storyline for a haunted house. So Yes, moving on. Now, the movie itself, like I said, was released in 03. The star was Eddie Murphy, who was Jim Evers of Evers and Evers Real Estate. He was lured to this beautiful haunted mansion with the intention to sell it. However, his wife was truly the um, focus of all the storyline. Now, without going too deep into the story or ruining it if you still haven't seen it even though it was released in 2003 I will just leave it there there are so many different just plugs for Disney and if you thought for some reason I don't know maybe they just like did an adaptation no Disney made sure to be like yeah no we're basing this on the ride here's your proof here a b c d all all those so now um, a few fun facts that are going on with this mansion, and trust me, there are a ton. With the ride itself, Walt Disney was one of the original narrators in the earlier drafts of the ride, but of course it never came to fruition. There's somebody else who narrated the ride. Uh, it was going to be originally a water ride. That was one of the first drafts. As you know, I did mention this in the Myths and Legends episodes a few weeks ago, but yes, it did become the loved Doom Buggy ride that we know today. Now, um, if you hear one of those voices of the singing bus that sounds a little bit familiar, that would be because Tony the Tiger actually voices one of them. That's a really cool fact. The Gracie family that is in the actual movie was named after the Imagineer Yale Gracie, who helped with the seance room with the iconic Madame Leota. And there are just, again, so many plugs to the from the movie to the ride. Like the opening title say says Welcome Foolish Mortals, which is actually I should say not credited to, but it actually is Corey Burton, who is the voice of the Haunted Mansion Holiday Overlay, which we know and love as Nightmare Before Christmas Holiday over at the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. So yeah, just a few tie-ins there. Another cool fact, so there's the organ in the ballroom scene in the ride of in Disneyland, and of course in the other ones they have remakes too. But the organ is actually from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And that's a fun little tidbit. 
But in the actual filmed movie, there is a couch, a red couch in Mr. Gracie's study that is also from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So it's a cool little like nod to that. And, you know, again, it's I would say an Easter egg technically, but um, the other cool thing that they have is at the beginning, Eddie Murphy is celebrating with clients that he just sold a house. And if you notice, he is at a tiki bar and some people say it's Trader Sam's tiki bar at the beginning of the movie, but it definitely is kind of doing a nod over like, yes, he's celebrating at a tiki bar. Now, with all the tiebacks to the actual ride that the original movie Haunted Mansion did, like the singing bust, of course, Leota, the breathing door with the exact same doorknob, I may add, all the ballroom dancers, even the haunted carriage, there's so many things. I really am interested to see how they do this new take on Haunted Mansion, and I hope they keep those nods in there. I mean, it's kind of hard to do the story on Haunted Mansion without incorporating so much of the actual ride we know and love today. So yeah, excited for that. Now let's go ahead and move on to the next ride. So when you think about rides and you think about their movies, I think one of the biggest film adaptation of a classic ride has got to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I am going to warn you because I actually just posted a meme on Instagram, I think this last week, of where is it Caribbean or Caribbean? And to be honest, I say a little bit of both. It's never either one or the other, so I'll probably be using them interchangeably (laughs) during this episode. So warning, it's just going to happen. So just deal with it. So the ride itself opened in 67 over in Disneyland and over in Magic Kingdom in 73. Now, as many of you know, Magic Kingdom opened in 71. So Pirates was not one of the original original opening day rides, but it was so loved over in Disneyland that, of course, they had to bring it over to Florida. The movie franchise started, however, in 2003 with the lovely... Curse of the Black Pearl, starring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. And, oh my gosh, was he perfect for the role. I fell in love with those movies, even as a younger girl. I was about 10 when the movie came out. So I've been able to watch all of these movies. Now there have been five full-length films, one short, and then there's a sixth film that is in the making right now. However, there's not too, too many details on it, but I'm interested to see what's going on with that. So three years after the movie came out, they actually started to accommodate changes in the ride of Pirates of the Caribbean with Jack Sparrow in it. And this would start a whole new change of the ride that we know and love. Now, it's very normal for rides to change throughout the years, whether it's just new technology, animatronics that just need to be switched out, uh, politically incorrect things that need to be switched out, which happened to be over at Pirates of the Caribbean. So like I said, not only did the change of the movie franchise help aid those changes in the ride, but just becoming more modern changed a lot of things in the ride. You know how there's a scene where the women got chased around by the men that got switched around. Um, There was an auction and there were some ladies there too that got switched around as well. I mean, there's a lot of scenes that kind of just change as the years went on and how people realized that things weren't necessarily as correct now as they were, or I should say, 
They were more okay when the ride opened than they are in present day. So just changes happen. And if you want a ride to stick around, you got to do those updates. And I've, I'll talk about um, Country Bear Jamboree, but that is definitely one of those rides that um, is in maybe some needs of updates. Don't kill me for saying that. <laughs> okay, so... A lot of the movies do have a lovely nod back to the ride, of course. In um, the main, the first movie, which is Curse of the Black Pearl, you have the here doggy scene, which of course is the iconic prisoner scene where they're trying to bribe the dog who has the keys to the locks with a bone or by whistling and calling him. So that scene's in there. Over in the movie uh, Dead Man's Chest, they're going to find Tia, who is um, in this dark bayou. So... If you haven't been to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland, it starts in the bayou. And it's always been kind of this thing. And I've talked about it in past episodes where it's like, how do we get from the bayou to the Caribbean? Like, I don't get it. It's just what it is. And you know what? You just do. You just go with it. When you're when in Disneyland, you start off in the bayou and somehow end up in the Caribbean. Just deal with it. So in Dead Man's Chest, they do a nice little nod over to that. Now, in Stranger Tides, one of the connections is, of course, Mermaids is in that um, movie. And, of course, I'm not going to do any spoilers to all those movies. Feel free to watch all of them. I think they're all on Disney Plus right now. But um, in Disney World Ride, there is a mermaid skeleton at the beginning of the ride. So it's just kind of like putting those pieces all together. And another scene I'll just talk about is the iconic attack on the port with Captain Barbosa attacking the Port Royal that on the ride, you know, you have the huge pirate ship that is shooting cannons and vice versa. You're in the middle of it. There's always this dense fog if somebody's doing their job right. But, you know, you have these splashes of the cannons supposedly landing in the water. So they do really good at incorporating that scene, of course in the actual movie Pirates of the Caribbean as well. Now, Davy Jones wasn't so much present in the rides before all these movies came, but he did start making his presence known, especially when we want to talk about the Shanghai Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, this ride is epic, and I think it was on another Disney series on Disney+. Plus. But um, So it's formally called The Battle for the Sunken Treasure, Again, this is over in Shanghai, opened in 2016, and it's very, it's it's not really a riot. It's, you're experiencing it. It's really this cinematic ride, I guess, in this amazing vehicle that we're slowly starting to get more of those types of vehicles here in the United States for the rides. But you start off in the Royal Navy's Fortress, then you enter the, quote, Cave of Misfortune, will you, where you find Jack Sparrow. Then you enter a boat graveyard with a whole bunch of lost ships where you run into the Flying Dutchman and the Kraken is there as well. Uh, you go into Davy Jones' lair afterwards. There's a sea battle between the Black Pearl and the Dutchman, all this stuff. And then finally you end by <gasps> you fall backwards and somehow you return to the fortress with Jack and all this gold. So... If you haven't seen it, if you haven't heard about it, definitely go on YouTube and check out some of the point of view videos that are there or just, just, I mean, I'll share some of the clips if I can on Instagram at Coffee Talk at the Castle. But yeah, it's just one of those cool rides where I'm like, man, can you just bring it over here? But also don't take away our actual Pirates of the Caribbean because um, I'd be sad. But to be completely honest... 
Okay, haters are gonna hate, I promise. I don't mean to like really hate, but kind of do. Disney World Pirates is definitely not as spectacular as Disneyland's. And I will say I've gotten some hate on the other side saying Disneyland isn't as good and it's super long, but it's kind of like, hello, that's the point. You enter in this awesome bayou that for some crazy reason doesn't make sense, but yet it does. And then you have a few more scenes that you do even in Disney World. Like Disney World, is like this shortcut of Pirates of the Caribbean, whereas Disneyland is like the feature film length of the actual ride. So yeah, that's my little, you know, tiff. I'll definitely do a poll about unpopular opinions later on. But uh, yeah, that's my say on the ride. I love the movies. I'm so excited to see what the sixth movie will be about. Now, with all the money that Disney has actually made off of the movie franchise of Pirates of the Caribbean, as well as the ride and all the merchandise, I don't see this going anywhere. I definitely think them finishing off the sixth movie will be a great idea. And just Pirates the Ride is just a staple. It's a staple over in Disneyland, as well as Disney World. So, As far as it really being drastically changed, I don't see that as a possibility. Of course, changing through time and doing updates. Yes, I do. But this ride is so iconic. It's just, it's one of my favorites as well. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to another ride. Okay, so this next ride, (laughs) bear with me on this one because it is definitely not a favorite of mine. I think I've shared with this before on Coffee Talk at the Castle. It is the Tower of Terror. Now, like I said, this is not my favorite ride, but yes, there is a movie adaptation of this ride. So I can't just skip it because I don't like it. I No, for those of you answering, no. No, I have not ridden this particular ride. I have ridden Guardians Mission Breakout. So basically the same concept, just a different, you know, face, different mask over it. Um, Yeah, that was not a win for me. So I don't, I won't be going on Disney World's uh, Tower of Terror at all. Um, I just, I can't do the drops. I won't do the drops. Uh, It'll take me a while to allow my girls to do it. I know Reagan is tall enough now to do it, which is crazy because she's not even five. And I'm like, heck no. So I think our rule is that we're going to wait until she's a teenager. But anyways, back to the Tower of Terror and especially Terror for me. So there was, this was actually the first of all the adaptations of the rides for movies. This was made in 1997. And of course, Kirsten Dunst was the main little girl, I should say, in the movie. Now, if you guys don't know, a lot of the uh, Twilight Zone has a lot of influence on the Tower of Terror. And this movie is not the Twilight Zone. It's full on the Tower of Terror. So it goes into this uncle and his niece and they're trying to investigate on what happened at the Tower of Terror in 1939. Now, a little bit of backstory on that. So the actual movie focuses around the same storyline as the ride, really. Just a few extras. So the hotel closed after a huge lightning storm, which caused most of our parts of the building to just vanish. And then this iconic elevator shaft, which fell, killing 
five people on Halloween night in 1939. <laughs> so the cast members still wear bellhop uniforms from the 30s. And uh, when California still had the Tower of Terrors, I, I love seeing everybody um, with like the bellhop hat or just the any apparel that was paying homage to Tower of Terror. I feel like I don't see that much as... Over in uh, Disney World, rocking Tower of Terror, but it's definitely a staple. It's iconic. I mean, you see it in the skyline. You can actually see it when you're in Epcot as well, which I think is so interesting because if you're looking over at the World Pavilion and you're looking at Morocco in the skyline, if you look and focus, you can actually see the Tower of Terror, which Disney has done such a beautiful job and they are so good with skylines. That the way that they painted the Tower of Terror, it actually blends right into the skyline of Morocco. But it truly is over in Hollywood Studios. So moving back to little fun facts about Tower of Terror, the actual ride. It is 199 feet tall over in Disney World, whereas it's 183 over in Anaheim, which again, it switched over to Guardians of the um, Mission Breakout over in California. Now, in Disney World, it's actually the second tallest building over in Disney World, with the tallest being Everest at 199.5. <laughs> so, FAA uh, regulations uh, require, if you've been watching, like I said, um, behind the attraction, it says the FAA regulation is at 200 and it would require a blinking light if above 200. So a lot of those buildings in Disney are right below that 200 number. And again, Tower of Terror is the second tallest over at Disney World. And in Anaheim, it is the tallest. So the other cool thing that just was breaking news is Scarlett Johansson is to produce a new Tower of Terror movie for Disney. Really excited to see what the spinoff is because the original Tower of Terror was a made-for-TV movie, which, I mean, it's got the classic cheesiness for a made-for-TV, but Disney still did pretty good. I mean, when I was a kid, I loved watching it. I still got spooked out. It was a, just a fun fun Disney movie. But um, with all the drama that just came out with Scarlett Johansson, it'll be interesting how this unfolds because if you haven't heard yet, Scarlett Johansson just entered into a lawsuit with Disney because of contract infringement with Black Widow and the sales um, because they decided to do a 50-50 premiere. So on Disney Plus, as well as a theater premiere, which cut into her profit because it was based on box office profits. So if you want to know more about that, just read up on it. But yeah, it's just an interesting relationship. But I hope that doesn't stop the new production for the movie. I'm excited to learn more about this and see what Disney will end up doing with this movie. So another one of those earlier movies, um, when they first started doing the movies based on rides, was Mission to Mars. Now, this movie opened up in 2000, and it was a nod to the actual opening day attraction, Rocket to the Moon, which later turned into Mission to Mars in 71. Now, both Disneyland and Disney World had those. Disney World was originally called Flight to the Moon. But again, both rides in 71 were changed to the Mission to Mars. Now, they closed in 92 in Disneyland and 93 in Walt Disney World. If you are there today in Tomorrowland and Disneyland, if you're walking up to Space Mountain, on your left, you have Alien Pizza Planet. 
that's where Mission to Mars used to be. And over in Disney World, we're going to go through a few rides because this space has been redone a few times. So it was actually turned into the extra terror estrial alien encounter, which then turned into Stitch Great Escape, which then turned into the meet and greet of Stitch. And I don't know what exactly they're going to be doing now. I don't know um, if they're going to keep that or going to change it into another ride. But yes, I feel like, again, Tomorrowland is one of those lands that is just always just always turning, always changing, new technology, new rides. So the turnover there is very high in Tomorrowland. It doesn't have your classic feel and it doesn't have, I mean, yeah, your staple, I feel like really is Space Mountain and Star Tours, which Star Tours isn't even in Tomorrowland and Disney World. It's over in Hollywood. So yeah, I feel like just the turnover rate is very large in Tomorrowland. Nonetheless, like I said, this ride has gone through a few makeovers with names and more focus to Mars, but it actually influenced Epcot's what we know today as Mission Space, which opened in 03. No, I have not ridden that ride. And no, I probably will not ever ride that ride. The horror stories that I have heard is just, again, the really big thrill rides are just not my cup of tea. So I have no problem. You know, you guys enjoy them. I'll maybe watch the point of view videos on YouTube, but it's just it's just not for me. I'll enjoy some popcorn or a margarita while I'm sitting out and waiting for the rest of my family to ride that ride. So this ride did end up closing more or less because of the newer rides that were in Tomorrowland. So like Disneyland, like I said, was Star Tours, Space Mountain. Those really captured the attention and the ride just got outdated. Clearly Disneyland didn't need the space since they replaced it with a restaurant. And then of course in Disney World, they were just trying to stay up in times. They replaced it with a ride that was with the hot movie Alien. So that's the extraterrestrial alien encounter. That ride was freaky as heck. Oh my goodness. I remember being terrified as a little child. We were just talking about this with my family a few weeks ago. And yeah, this is a freaky experience. If you ever wrote it or was there, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It was one of those, like, I would say the scariest attraction that Disney ever had. Yes, that's right. That That's my rating of it. I will promise I will fill you in more on that ride. But yeah, it was just, I'm glad it's not there because it was freaky. Okay, so anyways, the host of Epcot's Mission Space actually gives a nod over to the movie Mission to Mars because Gary Sinise, who starred in Forrest Gump, CSI New York, Apollo, Green Mile, even in Captain America. So he was actually the main person in the movie as well as the host over in the Epcot ride. Now, he doesn't really say his name per se, but it is very, you know, it's kind of a given that he's acting like his character from the movie Mission to Mars as he narrates what's going on in the ride. Now, again, I have not ridden this ride. However, there are some thrill seekers I know that do love this ride. Others who say, you know what? I'm good riding it once and being done. So if you're not liking the thrill, thrill rides, you probably might like just watching the movie Mission to Mars. And like I said, it's giving a good nod to that opening day attraction, Rocket to the Moon. 
Now, what's Disney without a little bit of controversy? And of course, you can find that at the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> now, when I was younger, I had no idea with a lot of these songs that were sang at the Country Bear Jamboree were, but I loved seeing all the stuffed animals or the big bears that were animatronics. Um, of course, it's closed down in Disneyland. It's over where Winnie the Pooh is. But if you know where to look... You can get a subtle nod to Melvin, Buff, and Max, who appear right after the Humphalup and Woozle scene. So kind of right where uh, Winnie the Pooh is stuffing his mouth with honey. If you turn backwards, you can see all three of those heads mounted up on the ceiling right under, um, I should say, an arch. It's kind of painted black, and then you just see all these mounted. I'll be sure to share a picture of that one on Instagram, a coffee talk at the castle. But yeah, it's kind of like I said, it's a nod to the fact that yes, we did take over the fact that there was Country Bear Jamboree in Disneyland. And Disneyland actually had two theaters, not the one theater that was over in Disney World, which of course, Disney World is still alive and well. I, to be honest, am surprised it's made it this long. There are so many not PC things that are in this show. And to be honest, I am, yeah, I mean, there's songs like Mama Don't Whip Little Buford anymore. Um, let's see. Tears Will Be the Chaser for My Wine by Trixie. You got the um, sunbonnet singing. <laughs> All the guys that turn me on, turn me down. <laughs> and <laughs> I personally... First of all, the name of that song is genius. I I do, but I don't think it's appropriate for younger kids. Now, like I said, I grew up going to the show. I do not remember most of these songs, nor the meaning, obviously, of this song. But I do know, I think my mom even has a shirt with the sunbonnets, the three little bears, that says all the guys that turn me on, turn me down. And it is, of course, it's hilarious now that I'm an adult. I obviously know what that means. But yeah, as a um, child-friendly amusement park, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> sending the right message or not. But this show is one of the longer-running shows over at Disney, right behind Carousel of Progress and Tiki Room. And oh my gosh, both of those shows, I love those. I hope they never go anywhere. In fact, secretly, I've been wanting them to bring back Carousel of Progress over to Disneyland, but I don't see that happening. So, um... The ride itself actually opened in Disney World before it opened in California. And actually before all that, it was supposed to open in a ski resort in California. But the plans got nixed, so they moved it over to Florida. It was a huge hit in Florida. They moved it to California. California, though, it didn't really stick so much. Now, I don't know if it's just because a different living over in California, but they just didn't see it as entertaining. But um, yeah, it's still a success over in, in Disney World. There are still a lot of jokes, a lot of apparel that people are making based on the songs, based on the characters. And boy, are there so many rowdy characters. You've got Henry, the Grandmaster of Ceremony. You got Gomer on piano. You got the five bear rugs, and that's Zeke, Fred, Ted, Zeb, 
Tennessee and little baby Oscar, which doesn't really do much, but he's cute to look at. You've also got Wendell, Liverlip, McGrow, uh, Terrence. You got Trixie, who's the one who's crying all the time. Teddy Barra, who's comes down. She's on this beautiful swing from the ceiling, if you haven't seen the show. Again, the sun bonnets. And then you have Ernest and, of course, Big Albert. Who can forget Big Albert? Now, um, all of these characters are also in the movie, which starred Christopher Walken as one of the main characters in that. The movie itself cost $35 million to make, but it totally totally sank and made only 18 million at the box office so yeah definitely not a um good movie (laughs) it did not score that well i think i saw this movie once it definitely wasn't memorable again it's about all these bears and it's about them who used to be a band and then they had to get all together so it's i'm sure a very cute movie for younger families but yeah, it's definitely one of those film adaptations. It was made in 02. It just didn't pick up over in the theaters. Not so much. And, but yeah, as much as I love this 20-minute uh, show, I unfortunately, I don't see so much of a future. It's definitely more of a relic at this point. And as, I, as times are getting older, as more things are just not becoming politically correct, I could definitely see this one turn into something or you know hopefully Disney maybe revamps it and turns it into something that's a little bit more family friendly um you know like they're doing to Splash Mountain with Tiana but I do know it is always sad when you have one of those nostalgic rides or attractions get torn down or repurposed it's just like oh no but a lot of times there there is a reason for it whether we like to admit it or not but on to that note, let's go ahead and move on to the next ride that probably isn't going to get shut down anytime soon. Moving on to the Jungle Cruise. Okay, so this one is definitely very fresh. I mean, we're talking, it just got released this month. And oh my gosh, there were so many cool things around this movie. First of all, um, the ride itself, it's one of my favorites. I love Jungle Cruise. I always have. I feel like I always will. I'm excited to see the new version of it. I haven't been to Disney Um, since they opened it. I was there right before, but I'm going to Disney World actually next week, so I'll be able to see it really soon. But um, yeah, the movie itself was actually 17 years in the making. It was supposed to be released October of 19, and then it got pushed only to get pushed to July of 2020, which of course we all know, beautiful Corona. So it got pushed again for July of 2021. Now, the premiere was crazy amazing. I wish I could have seen it that night. Um, so you were over at Disneyland. They had the premiere over at the Fantasyland Theater, which was an outside venue. So again, trying to be as COVID safe as possible. The premiere did not serve dinner, unlike other premieres in the past. However, guests were treated with churros, Dole Whips, cotton candy, Mickey ice cream, basically all the handheld snacks you could possibly want to eat. And some of the rides were for private events like Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Jungle Cruise, of course. And a lot of these rides for the event were open past midnight. So I really think that would have been a hoot of a time. And of course, Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson were both there. Interesting enough, Emily Blunt actually had never ridden the Jungle Cruise before. So the first time she wrote it was the night of the premiere, which... I think it was so cool. And even Dwayne Johnson was saying how 
it just made it all the more special because she had just done all this filming, made this amazing film without even seeing the iconic ride. And to just see her face during the ride, during the boat ride, right before the big premiere was just a very special moment. And I can only imagine, like, having to create this great movie and just like, oh, finally seeing the ride. But then also in my mind, I'm like, what? How have you gone to Disney and not gone on Jungle Cruise? So... Yeah, it was kind of like a, how are you born on a rock? But then I'm like, okay, okay. It it made for a good experience and a great night. Now, again, another plug for that behind the attraction. They talk about the early influence of the 1951 African Queen for the ride of the Jungle Cruise. And some of the information they share on that show, really, it just is nice. It's a very beautiful description of how hard... Disney's team worked to make this ride as iconic, as special as it is today. And it really is a whole nother ecosystem in the parks. And you really are transported to all these spots with all the agriculture that is there. And of course, who can not mention Jungle Cruise without talking about the backside of water? O2H, O2H. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want it to be O2H, but yes, of course, all those jokes, all those corny jokes, um, it's so crazy to think that that's not exactly how it was opening day of the ride, but I'm so glad it turned into what it is now. I love all the jokes. I love the dry yet dad kind of jokes going on. I love the twist for Jingle Cruise that they do in the holidays. I mean, it's just a, it's a great iconic ride, especially in Adventureland. It really just brings everything together. So I'm so excited to see this movie. And although I don't think I'll be seeing it in theaters, I definitely think I'll be watching it at home through my Disney Plus app and just enjoying it with my family surrounded by me. And hopefully it'll be as good as all the hypes as it is. Now, if you have watched it, feel free to message me and give me your opinions. But please, no spoiler alerts if you don't mind. So now that we've explored all of those rides that influence movies, now all I want to do is curl up on my couch with some popcorn and binge some Disney Plus. So I'm going to go do that. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 13. I really appreciate you staying on this journey while we go through all these different rides with these amazing movies. Can't wait to see all the newness that's coming to Disney and the revival of these movies as well. And be sure to tune into my Instagram account, Coffee Talk at the Castle, to get any extra tidbits, photos, videos, fun polls, staying up to date with Disney news. I try to keep the stories as relevant as possible while also giving you some fun extras for every episode that is released on Fridays. Thank you again for your support. I encourage you to leave me a rating over at the Apple Store if you haven't already. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and have a great week. Thank you.